0: Welcome to the Chicago justice show. I'm your host, Tracy Siska. I'm also the executive director of the Chicago justice project. You can find out more about what we do at chicagojustice.org or cjpnation.org, which is our nation site. All our volunteers and interns coming together to work on big projects. Like a lot of, we published this last summer. You can find that all at cjpnation.org or the content of those reports in the bulk of what we do at chicagojustice.org. Okay. on today's show. We're going to get to two segments. One is NBC's failed interview of former Deputy Mayor Susan Lee, or Assistant Mayor, Deputy Mayor Susan Lee. When we talked on Friday, we talked about an editorial her and 19th Ward Alderman James Jim O'Shea wrote. And it was bad, right? Um, And we're going to go into that. And this interview is actually worse because this is the first time that I remember her speaking out publicly about why she left the mayor's office. She left, brought in by Lori Lightfoot to be this community, now had a basically community response to violence and she left after her first year, which is unusual. So instead of getting those answers, we got a bunch of softballs. And then we're also gonna talk about where a recurring segment, social media fails. We have a tried and true contender for that position CWB, the, uh, political operation masquerading is a new site on the north side there and the reporting's b- bad and their social media is even worse. And we're going to talk about that. Okay. So our first segment today is on this interview. Chris Hosh, I believe is how you pronounce his name. Did, uh, recently last the end of last week or towards the middle of last week with former deputy mayor, Susan Lee. And remember she's all about Community response to violence. So I'm going to, um, we're going to play the interview. It's about three minutes, not that long. They're going to come back and talk about it. I don't want to preface it. I want you to go in, um, as most people would, then I'll talk to you the problems. There are three major questions these people, or Chris just didn't ask. They may have been, like, she wouldn't do the interview if you asked her, um, but then you just don't do the interview. I don't care who she is. If you're going to put a bunch of uh guardrails on it, you just don't do the interview. Okay, so I'm going to go to the interview, and then um, I will be back. Um, I'll see you on the other side. Now to an NBC5 exclusive, Chicago's former top aide for public safety, is raising questions about how to handle violence in the city of Chicago. She sat down for an interview with Chris Hush and said that the solutions do not have to divide people
1: either you're pro police or you are for community violence intervention. It is not an either or. This is a yes and
2: situation. Chicago's former deputy mayor of public safety, handpicked by Mayor Lightfoot but only serving for a year, doesn't speak out often after resigning from her post in 2020.
1: We obviously need um, more effective policing that is community
2: based, um, developing trust. Today, Lee leads policy and strategy for Arnie Duncan's privately funded community violence intervention group, Chicago Cred. After penning an op-ed in the Sun-Times, co-authored by 19th Ward Alderman Matt O'Shea, about what she says is a public health crisis of crime in the city. And that was one of the
1: reasons why I came to Chicago. It lacked a community-based
2: violence intervention infrastructure. As was the case in her former City Post, several aldermen have already pushed back, penning their own letters to the editor. They say there that, uh, You and Alderman O'Shea failed to address some of the root causes of violence, systemic racism, for example, economic disinvestment.
1: Absolutely, I agree with the Alderman that we have to address the root causes of disinvestment, systemic racism, um, lack of hope, really. It's about trauma recovery. It's about educational opportunity. It's about family support services.
2: Are you pleased with the leadership from the top down?
1: It's a hard year, having been inside. You know, I just know how hard it was last year. Leadership needs
2: to come together with the community to find a common solution. Superintendent Brown wouldn't comment today on the lack of police officers and recruitment, something Alderman O'Shea and Lee were critical over. Is it hard to rest your head on the pillow at night when you do see these news stories all the time?
1: Especially when I was deputy mayor, um, that some five-year-old would get shot and I would lose it. Um, and it happens to me even now. It's really hard work. (laughs) Um, and sometimes I get frustrated, um, because I think that, um, there's not this sense of urgency.
2: How do we get any of that done, though, when it appears or at least feels like we are at a stalemate on solutions?
1: Some folks are saying, well, numbers are still up.
2: That I think is the greatest danger. Chris Hosh, NBC5 News. And next week on NBC5, we're taking a close look at violence in Chicago. How did
0: we get here? Efforts to take guns off the street and the people dedicating their lives to keeping kids out of gangs. Those stories and much more all next week at 6 and 10 right here on NBC5. Okay. Lots to talk about. Let's just talk about NBC News. How did we get here? That's probably one of the stupidest lines I've heard. That may be worse than anything in the interview. How did we get here? It's partly your fault, NBC. The media reporting on crime and violence in Chicago and policing and the police response. Awful, 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 awful. And this interview, awful, 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 awful. So, let's get to what Mr. Chris Hash missed. First question. You don't interview Susan Lee unless you get an answer out of her about why she resigned from the mayor's office. You don't. Or you give it to her once, you allow her to answer, and if she doesn't, you don't interview her again. Period. Why are you giving her space if she won't tell you the truth about why she left her public position? Why would you give it to her? It isn't obviously to get into a whole different line of work. She's working for Chicago Cred, an organization. I respect the work they do, but she's not out of the field. Why did she leave the mayor's office? Do not, do not interview her again without her answering that question. You can make things happen. You set the agenda. Make her answer the question. Number two. We know through the leaked emails from the hack at Jones Day that after July 4th, she wrote an email or multiple emails to staff, including the mayor, questioning why the mayor and the superintendent were talking about and criticizing bail reform as the violence driver in Chicago. And how many stakeholders, including Chicago Cred and other organizations came to her and said, no, there's evidence. It isn't it. It isn't it. What happened with that? You wrote the emails. We have them. What was the follow up? What was the response from the man, the superintendent? Again, another question. She doesn't want to answer. You do not interview her ever again, write her off. Make her answer those questions. You're giving her credibility by not even asking the questions. You have to ask them. And if she doesn't answer and she wants to be squirmly like some kind of scumbag politician, then you don't answer her. You don't ask her again. You don't interview her again. I'm sorry. Period. End of sentence. Number three. In the op-ed... Susan Lee and James O'Shea, I think it's Jim's Jim O'Shea. Alderman O'Shea for the 19th Ward, Alder Person O'Shea, if it's Jim or not. Try to second guess myself here now on his first name. But anyways. They talk about not having enough cops. How many cops does Chicago need? How do they know that number? Make them answer that question. New York as of several years ago they probably have not hired massively since had around 27,000 according to a freedom of information request I sent to them that doesn't count the port police which is actually a separate police department just much much like we don't count the UIC department police department the University of Chicago police department Amtrak cops all that stuff they had 27,000 to cover three times the population of Chicago now three times plus the uh, the population of Chicago. We have 12 something. Okay. LA has got something like 8,000 bigger population, more square miles. How is the 12,000 number not enough? And that's fine if there's science to prove it, but they have none. This is more propaganda. Now, Could you look at 20 and say cops were incredibly overworked? No doubt about it. Yep. Holiday weekends when they're canceling vacations and making them work 12 hours. Yep. Horrible. Wish it could stop. Reducing violence and crime will make those things stop. No matter how many cops, you can add 2000 more cops to the CPD. They're going to still, you can add 5,000 more cops to the CPD. They're still going to cancel days off and they're still going to have everyone working weekends, those holiday weekends. There's no evidence to suggest anything else. Susan Lee and Alderman O'Shea, the person O'Shea are operating from the same bullshit premise that has been going on in this goddamn city forever, which is more cops equals less crime bullshit. We wrote a blog. We, I did eight ten 10 years ago and I looked at the simple thing. I thought I made a mistake in. In this in that I looked at the top five cities of Chicago in, in the country. So at that point it was New York, LA, Houston, Chicago, and we did. I made the mistake of Phoenix instead of Philadelphia. But Phoenix was growing and is r- right there anyways. But this is where we looked. Chicago had more cops per capita than any other city. Chicago still had more homicides per capita. You can look at the police executive research forum. You can look at International Association of Chiefs of Police, you can look at a, a bunch of academic literature. More cops does not equal less crime, but Susan Lee and Alder person O'Shea don't care they've bought into the fact that we need more cops. Whether she's heartbroken over these murders that's great I really don't care. I know that we want. Um, we want public officials who care, and that 's wonderful, but i don 't care We need a community based anti violence infrastructure great if you 're not going to change the economics of those communities you're that is a band aid at best on a dike on a dam that 's it you're not that, that is not the solution it can help the solution is changing economics but once again, as the other alderman that uh Mr. Hosh referenced other aldermen wrote uh, uh, their own op-ed saying, "How about get going after the things that cause violence in these communities?" What did I say last show? If you have a hammer, everything to you is a nail. Lee, to some extent, alderman O'Shea here, other person O'Shea, I gotta start getting better at that. Are convinced. O'Shea is more cops, Susan Lee is more community violence prevention. Everyone's got to come together. We got to work together. Ladies and gentlemen, that is all propaganda and bullshit that is not backed up by data. The people on the ground for Chicago cred or the communications person for Chicago cred, the person ready Chicago, Eddie Bocanegra. And I don't remember the guy from, C. I do, I remember what he looks like, but I can't remember his name for sure. So I'm not going to take a guess. For Communities Partnering for p cp CP4P. They all said the same thing, which is, they are a band-aid. You have to attack the economics of these communities. Now you can, for right now, attacking the economics and attacking the community-based violence prevention in tandem, great. Just doing that, just doing the... Community-based violence prevention is not enough. It's great, it is going to save a few people. It is not gonna bring Chicago's homicides from 750 or 800 to two or 300. Not gonna do it. We could dream, we could pray, but Chicago deserves more. It, reserve, it deserves reporters who ask tough questions. <clears throat> Chris Hosh, this was not a tough question interview. This was a joke. You get a politician which is what susan lee is when she becomes deputy mayor basically you ask her when she was resigned to position you get a camera in front of her and a mic you ask her why did you resign so you do first question she won't ask it what happened the next question what happened on bail reform you said this in an email the mayor the superintendent keeps saying other things the superintendent keeps it up with judges and bail reform Why did you send that email? Did they ever look at the data, the community partners and other, um, the community uh, organizations and the other partners, the state's attorney, the judge, uh, Cook County Board President Tony Preckwinkel brought to the table? Why not? What happened? Did you ever have a discussion with the mayor directly about this? Did you ever have a discussion directly with the superintendent about this? Who did you discuss this with? Those are the questions you ask. She doesn't want to answer, you don't interview her anymore. That's it. Cut them off. You have to make people answer questions. That's your damn job. Frustrating, frustrating, frustrating. Okay. We're going to move on to our second segment. And for our viewers, I'm going to read, I mean, our podcasters, I'm going to read the tweet. Um, hold on one second. Okay. It is from CWB Chicago, um, someone who features on our uh, social media fails segment regularly because they fail all the time. So it's a retweet about the liquor store, um, ending liquor sales at 12 or one, whatever that is. Why does Chicago now end package alcohol sales at midnight? It's simple really in most cities, authorities regularly identify, arrest, prosecute, and incarcerate murderers and shooters. Our officials are ineffectual in that regard. So they cut off booze sales and said, Now, let me tell you, I'm not sure if this is ap- I'm not so sure if they're filled with such hate. It's, and that's the reason why you you write that tweet I don't understand one of the biggest problems in any trying to get to any solution is being able to define the problem right if you can't define the problem you cannot come to a solution another huge problem in society is when people are convinced they have all the answers but they have no clue what the hell they're talking about, but they're convinced they do. I'm going to take a guess that CWB Chicago are white guys. I might be wrong living on the North side. I think they're basically in boys town, Lakeview area, Wrigleyville. I'm going to guess that's, you know, pretty high percentage of white guys. And the reason I'm saying this is these are probably mostly Northsiders, mostly middle class and above, mostly people who don't put up with or have to put up with, you know, reasonably, um, you know, over average numbers of violence in their communities and people that have, for the most part, not ventured, especially at night, especially on a weekend, especially after dark ventured anywhere onto the south and west sides. Hold on real quick. We have a comment. LaMelle A. Washington, the city doesn't believe it has any problems. I don't know if I agree with that. I think white Chicago thinks we have a huge problem. Let me back up. I think they think they have. Everyone thinks there's a huge problem with violence probably disproportionate to actually how big of a problem it is because of social media and the media. I talked about it last show, or two shows ago, actually. Um, But I would say that they define the answers differently. The answers are completely different. And what you're getting from Alderman O'Shea, Matt O'Shea, it's Alderman Matt O'Shea, I believe. I'm going to get it right. Alderperson Matt O'Shea. What you got from Alderperson O'Shea is... The same answer we've gotten from white Northsiders forever. We need more cops, bigger criminal justice system, more cops. In an NBC report where I criticized them about how did we get here? We got here because we're looking for the same solutions. And this is the same solution, more or less here. We're talking about with crime in Wrigleyville blog about that tweet. People regularly identify, prosecute, and send to jail, prison, you know, the people doing it. They're nuts. They're insane. They don't know what they're talking about. Ladies and gentlemen, clearance rates are not good for murders and haven't been all over the country. No, wait a minute, all over. All over in large urban areas. It's not good. It's not good. These people, maybe because Kim Fox is a woman, maybe because she's black. Maybe because she has the gall to use science in determining a lot of her prosecutorial decisions. Maybe because she has the gall to use the discretion she has, even though cops wanna say they have no discretion. It's amazing, the only people with discretion in the system is gonna be cops. That's all the cops, their discretion's fine, everyone else's is bad. It's the same thing. Crime and Wrigleyville blog believes, just like Matt O'Shea, older person Matt O'Shea, um, and Susan Lee to an extent, it seems cause she wrote that op-ed with all person O'Shea that the answer lies in the criminal justice system and more cops. No, it isn't. And the reality is there's, there is no data to prove that's the answer. This is what Fox knows now for CWB Chicago, Alderman O'Shea, Alderman Lopez, Alderman Napolitano Napolitano all the persons of pasado, and we can go on and on and on and on down the line there. They're all Mayor Lightfoot, Superintendent Brown, bail reform, bail reform, bail reforms the issue. It's the black woman and prosecutors often using science and determine or prosecutorial decisions. That is the problem. That's basically if you read between the lines and you read stuff that Crime and Wrigleyville blog posts regularly and what they post on their site, that's it. That's the solution. Bail reform was started, as I've said on the show a thousand times, and I'm going to say probably 10,000 more. Bail reform was started in 2000, late 2016. It didn't have any impact on crime in 17, 18, 19, but suddenly in 20, it, 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 it's the bomb that did it. Really? Why? Oh, we, we don't know. We just know. And this is crime immemorial. We just know. Now back to the booze sales. Criminologists. And organizations, nonprofits, in underserved communities know that they have a huge problem with a couple of things. They're food deserts. They're deserts on all kinds of services, but big time, they're food deserts. And one of the things they have way too many of is alcohol sales, alcohol, booze stores, liquor stores. We know it. They're criminal, criminogenic, if I'm pronouncing that right. They are vectors of violent crime and violence. Just bar, just like bars are getting guys drunk. Um, and then letting them go home and then there's domestic violence at home. Except in, in middle class and above communities, communities that have resources, these people, this violence a lot of time goes on at home. But when you're in underserved communities and people are hanging out at one of the few places that's open, one of the few places they actually have in their communities, and it happens to be a liquor store. It's a vector of crime and violence. It is. That's why the city's been trying to shut these places down left and right. That's why you get Lightfoot's, ban the liquor, package sales. That's why she did that. That's why she did it. Oh my God! What? There have been suggestions for this in twenty years, in the thirty years, in maybe more, maybe 40 years, in the crime research literature, uh, criminal justice research literature, closing down these liquor stores, banning package sales. This is just how it's been. This is not an unbelievable, oh my god, it's so bad. This makes sense. Liquor is tied to an incredible amount of violence. I know no one wants to think violence, that liquor is this huge drug. We'd have been much better off if we got rid of if, if we were able to do away with liquor and just make everyone who was a liquor person smoke pot, we'd be much better off. Liquor is tied to all kinds of crime and violence. It just is. So this isn't a surprise. It may really have some real beneficial uh, effects in some communities. I hope so. Is it a long-term solution? No. No, 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 no. But. Crime in Wrigleyville blog, convinced they know everything when they know nothing on the topic whatsoever. This is what you get. The alt-right that Crime in Wrigleyville and a lot of the naysayers about crime and violence in the city are, they don't care about facts. They don't care about solutions. They, they have know-it's-all. Now We know-it-all. Know-it's-all. Know-it's-all. Disease, I'm going to make up a term. They have no it's all disease, And the problem is our criminal justice policy and practice and everything for the last hundred years in this country has been by know-it-alls who don't know a goddamn thing. There's science to prove it ain't bail reform. We just interviewed Dr. Dave Olson I think last Monday on the show and he talked about a report he just wrote on um, gun possession arrest and sentencing throughout Illinois. Turns out Kim Fox is the har- most um, the the harsh, harshest sentences come from her state's attorney's office. That didn't make the news, did it? Now that was discovered through science, facts, data. Cwdb doesn't need it. Know it alls disease. They know it's all for sure. Facts, data, science do mean anything. Dave Olson, Don Steeman at Loyola published a report following eighteen months. I think. 18 months pre and post the introduction of bail reform and showed it had no meaningful um, no meaningful impact on crime and violence. So once again, I pose a question that no one can answer. Why, if it's bail reform, why did it do it in 17, 18 and 19? Why wasn't there a crime increase? I got told, I think last Wednesday, we went through a, a Twitter feed that I talked about. And oh it did go up. Really? It's 2016 one of the most violent years we've had. 2020 was less violent gun violence wise than 16. You're telling me 17 was worse than 16. How could it be? It wasn't. These people don't know how they're talking about. No it all's disease man. It affects your logic. Well they don't have logic either. That's another thing. know what's alls are missing. Alright ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are... Going to be hitting up soon. mayor released her budget today. There's a hundred and some million extra for the police department, which boggles the mind. She's doing a very low, um, but yet um, universal basic income for some families throughout Chicago. That's interesting. This is the Lori wants to get reelected budget. If you haven't figured that out. Um, Lori's finally going to try to pour money into a couple things that she proclaimed she wanted to do in her um, campaign. Um, and I think this is, she got in and 19. So this is 21. So 22. Yeah, I think this is the last, she's got one more budget after this before she has to go out for re-election. So um, this is the Lori, this is start, Lori's going to start turning a little bit to try to get that progressive vote again. Um, I think she can write off the conservative vote. I think the alt-right is not going to vote for the uh, the gay black woman who, um, who just isn't hard enough on people um, and has a superintendent that is uh, double-talking the best for sure. Um, go look up our report on his um, mystery suspension. All right, thank you, everyone. I really appreciate it. Thank you for viewers. Thank you for people listening to the podcast. We really appreciate it. We will be back Wednesday at 5.30. I will see you then.